gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about the most iconic movie musical, Grease. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But before we begin, guys, we'd like to dedicate this episode to Olivia Newton-John, who passed away on Monday, August 8th. Thank you for giving us one of the best musicals of all time that will impact generations to come. Sending love to all her fellow fans and loved ones. And it's honestly wild timing because we already had this episode scheduled prior. So over the weekend, we were watching it. So we were already in the mindset of raving about Grease anyway and really like soaking in Olivia Newton-John's impact. So this is just a really special one. It is a really special one. We're very excited. But first, Mercedes, we have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? So mine is Chris Messina for no reason. He's just so he's hot. so he's so hot, <laughs> but he stays hot like consistently over yeah. over decades. He stays hot. I'm like, what yeah. is what is this man? What is he? Oh my god! I just <laughs> I frequently rewatch the Mindy Project, as you know, and every time I'm just like, man. He's just beautiful. Have you seen his, like, indie projects? I've seen some of them, and, like, consistently through the decades, he's just so good-looking. Just so good-looking. Also, all of his indie projects, like, are all on Hulu. I think Hulu just really likes him, too. Hulu also has a crush on Christmas. Oh, yeah. So, um, he's so fine. I I love your choice this week, Mercedes. You made me happier than my choice. Thank you, thank (laughs) you. Who's your choice? Uh, Okay, so it's Will Poulter. I don't know if you've seen him Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. I got buff. Homeboy got he's in shape. Huge. He is huge now. And it's so weird because there's so many photos on the internet of a side-by-side between him and, like, the vacation movie that he did. Yeah. The Miller Family Vacation. <laughs> what was that? Family Vacation. We're the Millers. Like, Jeffrey We're Hansen. the Millers. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, him now. And I'm like, he is literally night and day. Somehow he got buff <laughs> and he got more tan. I don't know. He's just. He definitely has the spray tan going on. Like, he's a little orange. <laughs> He's a little orange, but it's it's so funny. So here's the thing. He may have a girlfriend, and I'm pretty sure she's black. And yes, I'm super sad about the fact that he has a girlfriend, but I just feel like when one black woman wins, we all win. So I am not even oh, yeah. mad. I'm like, you get yourself a black girl. There you go. <laughs> yes, we love it. We love it. We love a good interracial relationship. We're going to move over to TLDR. We like to recap the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Grease, there is literally no hope for you. But also, (laughs) you can watch it on Paramount Plus. (laughs) Take it away, Mercedes. Yes, so it's the summer of 1958. Danny Zuko, played by John Travolta, and Sandy Olsen, played by Olivia Newton-John, meet at the beach and fall in love. She's visiting from Australia, and they must end the summer romance before she leaves. Danny assures her that it's just the beginning for them, and boy was he right. Mm-hmm. Now school is back in session, and Danny's greaser gang, the T-Birds, Kaniki, Duty, Sonny, Sonny, and Putsy, crazy, funniest names, <laughs> are reunited at Rydell High, along with the girl crew, the Pink Ladies, Marty, Jan, Frenchie, and Rizzo. And they're all ready to rule the school. Unexpectedly, Sandy enrolls at Rydell and befriends Frenchie, and has no clue Danny is at the same school. As Frenchie tries to have Sandy join the pink ladies, her friends are hesitant because of her sweet and wholesome look. But when they learn of her summer romance with Danny, they arrange the two to reunite, but it all goes wrong because Danny is acting differently in front of his friends. While Sandy tries to move on and date a jock, Danny's guilt builds and tries to slowly change his persona to be who Sandy wants him to be. All the while, the rest of the group have their own dramas, like a pregnancy scare, beef with the rival greaser gang, and dropping out of school. Sandy hasn't gotten over Danny 
Danny and goes to the school dance with him, where she's pushed to the sidelines when a girl from Danny's past steals him on the dance floor. Danny tries to apologize at the drive-in, but ends up making things much worse, and Sandy ends the relationship. Now it's the day of the T-Birds car race against their rival gang, and Danny ends up having to drive the car. Sandy lovingly watches from afar as Danny celebrates his win, and then asks friends to help her change her style. On the last day of school, Danny shows up at the senior carnival in a letterman sweater to impress Sandy, and Sandy ends up shocking everyone with the most iconic makeover ever, and the two are now back together and ride off into the sky in love. In love. <laughs> this is a 1978 movie written by Jim Jacobs, Warren Casey, Bronte Woodard, and Alan Carr, with the latter also producing Grease 2. It's directed by Randall Kleiser, who also produced The Blue Lagoon. <laughs> I know. You know what's so funny about the ending of this movie? is like, Danny changes to impress Sandy, and Sandy changes to impress Danny, and once he sees it, he's like, oh, I guess I don't have to do this anymore. Like, yeah, immediately <laughs> takes it off. <laughs> he's like, abort, abort mission. <laughs> I love when he's just like, because he has like the greaser base foundation outfit on and then the Letterman sweater, and that yeah. blend to me is just so perfect. Oh my God. It's a vibe. It's a vibe nowadays. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love, I like, this man i have much to say about him later this movie is so crazy did you know the soundtrack was the second best-selling album of 1978 and beat out for the number one spot by the soundtrack of john travolta's 1977 film saturday night fever that's so funny i actually read that he started filming Grease something like three days after he wrapped saturday night fever oh my gosh yeah. they were like, he was yeah, dancing yeah. all over the place I mean, he was already, like, in shape. Might as well just, like, keep going, you know? So I'm having to train all over again. It's <laughs> my favorite character. And the hickeys that she has on her neck are real. Jeff Conaway, who played Kaniki, insisted on implying them himself. How funny is that? Such a player. She really got a hickey from Kaniki. Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. They were real. They were real. So, Hopelessly Devoted to You was actually nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. And I just learned this a couple of days ago that Olivia Newton-John was sick when she had to perform it at the award show. And she still gave a stunning performance, even though she had a 102 degree fever. You know what's crazy, too, is I actually read that this song was written and recorded and filmed after the movie had already wrapped. I think oh like gosh. Olivia Newton-John went back and like made a case that she needed to have her own song. And so one of the writers like went and, and like worked on that song or or something along those lines, which is crazy. So that the fact that it was nominated for the best song. <laughs> it is. Um, it's also funny that most of the cast were in their thirties while filming. Where it is so I old. Want, I want this elixir that everyone is drinking to make them look like high school students in their thirties because there is no. But way they don't look like high school students. Sunny has a. <laughs> Like, full-on, like, 30-plus-year-old afternoon shadow on his face. He does. Like, he does. Ah, he's so old. <laughs> he's very old. I also found out that um, the cast, like, the entire cast, chewed 100,000 pieces of gum during the shoot, which is about 5,000 pieces a day. Like, if you oh notice, everyone is always, like, smacking their gum in every scene. I'm like, it makes I sense. It. it makes sense. <laughs> That's crazy. It is very crazy. All right, guys, we're going to move over to Tide Castle Races, and i just like to recap where we were when we first watched this movie, which I definitely watched this in elementary school. I know that I did. Yeah. I know that I did. This may have been one of the first musicals that I ever saw, which was great because I got really into musical theater in high school and did it for three years. 
And I feel like I definitely watched it more then in high school. But yeah, this is a, this is a classic for any musical theater geek in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been watching this movie since before I can remember. Like, truly, it was my first ever favorite movie. Danny Zuko was my first ever crush. I remember Aww. being like, I had to be like four, maybe even three years old, being like, truly crushing on this man i uh, thought he was just perfect and i remember like bringing the vhs to daycare and reciting the lines and memorizing the songs and it's just like so attached to all my childhood memories because i just watched it all the time i even had like a karaoke machine that i would like only exclusively sing the grease songs to and i would like listen to it in the car and my mom would be like okay that's fine just like don't sing these at school <laughs> like, these are not appropriate at school yeah like I always just think of like watching it with my family members and making them like rewind scenes for me so I could recite it with the actors and it's just <laughs> gosh this movie is so special to me Mercedes you have such a good memory of your childhood tell me why I remember <laughs> nothing I think I have like selective memory loss or something because you are like you're always like yeah this is what I was doing my mom said this and I got this and it was this color and it was during this time I'm like you have such a good memory of your childhood. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I have a good memory. And then there's certain years where I'm just blank on. And then I'm like, what happened during that? Like, what what was going on? Because I have such a good memory that, like, I should remember this. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> I'm very impressed. I'm like, I'm like on track for like early onset dementia. I cannot remember. No, no. <laughs> but it's so funny because both of us, like, were not born yet when this movie came out. But oh, I yeah. feel like, so this movie came out in 1978. Who would have been your celebrity crush during that time? John Travolta completely yeah. has my heart. And then probably Harrison Ford. Mm. And I've talked about this before. Young Al Pacino was so hot. Yes! Yeah. Wait, Mercedes, we are aligned on that. That is a <gasps> thing happening on TikTok right now. It's like, Young Al Pacino. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful man. Beautiful. Mine would have been Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, actually. Because that was like, that was like Raging Bull, Deer Hunter era. Mm -hmm. And then also like The Graduate, too, just like came out like late 60s. Yeah, early I don't know. I feel like I would have just loved them. Also, Dustin Hoffman just used to have the smile to die for. To absolutely, I mean, there were so many hotties like Paul yeah. Newman, Robert uh, Redford, but they were already like older by seventy eight. They were like in their fifties. So Clint Eastwood, young Clint Eastwood was very fine. I he's never been the vibe for me. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Respect. Respect. I respect you. I respect you. There. <laughs> Guys, it's time for the rom-com Hall of Fame. But of course, Mercedes, we gotta roast this movie as much as we love it. I just, I got some things to say. <laughs> There's a lot to roast. <laughs> the lingo used here is just so weird. And I think what is so funny about the concept of linguistics is the fact that there is a time in which most of the United States spoke a certain word. And then there is another point in time where there's a generation that's never even heard of that word. I feel like that just yeah. blows my mind, you know? <laughs> Especially with a movie like this, because I think some slang, because obviously this is like a very like romanticized, fantastical version of like what the 50s were. Mm -hmm. And it was made in the 70s. So I'm like, okay, is this 70s slang that just like mm. got thrown into the screenplay? Or is this 50s slang? Or is this just like made up 50s slang? Yeah. Like, <laughs> of like okay, this is like what they would have said, ideally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. What's your roast? Oh, my God. So obviously, like, my first roast is just, like, changing yourself to impress or please a guy is just not okay. But also, like, her outfit at the end is so iconic, and she looks like a literal Barbie. Like, truly, 
A Barbie was probably modeled after Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> you think so? I mean, like, every time I look at her, I'm like, that's a Barbie. Yeah. So absolutely. I have to accept the makeover, you know? Like, obviously, like, in my heart, I'm like, yeah, you don't need to change yourself that drastically for anybody. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you look glamorous. <laughs> I have a question for you, Mercedes. So at the end of the movie, obviously, yes, Sandy changes for Danny. But she's also like, listen, you got to step up because this is a yeah. time that I need. She set expectations. What do you think about in that situation of like her not still being like, yeah, I'm going to change for you and also just let you treat me however you want. It's like, no, I'm going to change for you, but you need to change for me. Like she's also requiring him to change. She's like, you need to step up. You need to be better. I mean, that's on him to follow through because is he really listening when he's singing along? Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Okay. I don't know if you noticed this. This movie's a, a, a very, very bright. It's very bright on screen. Oh, so white? <laughs> no black people in here. Is Cha Cha supposed to be Latinx? She is. And that my next criticism goes along with what you're saying, too. Yeah. It just, I feel like, like, not even the extras in the dancing sequences. No one no. is black. And this is after integration. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, why is your high school still so very, very white? I think there's one black guy who's playing in the band during the dance competition. He's like carrying the load for the rest of us because we don't see another one before or after that. <laughs> no, like, it is such a white movie and with such a large cast, you'd think like, come on, like not even your like the background people, nobody like mm -hmm. that's very sad. But again, it was the 70s. So on screen representation wasn't really a thought crossing people's minds a lot. Of, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Or it took I don't place know. in the 50s, right? Because I used to be getting. Yeah. OK, I guess. OK, I guess that makes sense. If it took place in the 50s still. <laughs> yeah, literally the only non-white representation slightly is Cha-Cha, and then she's like the sexualized villain. So you're just like, okay, this yep. is what we have, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the breadcrumb. <laughs> <laughs> just one. I feel like I've been saying this as much as I love Rizzo. It's crazy how every high school movie had to have, like, the designated slut, essentially. Like, someone yeah. always got knocked up or slept around. And it's a trope that pretty much all rom-coms had at the time. And I'm really happy that rom-coms no longer have that trope because I don't think it's necessary at all. I don't know. Like, everyone's high school experiences are so different. And what I love about Rizzo is that she really takes command over her own sexuality, which obviously isn't the case for a lot of young girls. A lot of that is, like, pushed upon you and, like, pressured upon you. So that's what I really love about Rizzo. Like, she is a really just, like, strong character, despite being, like, over-sexualized through this whole movie. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know, high school. Doing any of this stuff in high school. I had a very different... I mean, me, neither was I. Neither was I. But it doesn't mean it wasn't happening. And I, so many of my friends, you know, so it's just like part of the, part of the experience for some people. Another thing I have to say about this movie is there's just a lot of instances where like consent is just like a joke and like a lot of rape culture comes into lyrics like in summer 11 a lot of comments from the t-birds especially and then like danny at the drive-in like he literally sings a whole ballad because sandy won't hook up with him i'm like okay i love this i love that song <laughs> but like dramatic and then he's just like why'd you leave it's like you know why she left because she was saying no and you were still persisting like yeah. come on I mean, that's another rose. It's just like the amount of peer pressure in this movie, like the amount of peer pressure and bullying. I'm very sensitive to, to bullying 
being yeah. bullied in high school, but like the peer pressure, like the pressure to drink and to smoke and to have sex. I just really hope it's funny. I was talking to my aunt who has kids in high school recently. She was just telling me that like what I experienced in high school is not really what's happening in like high schools anymore. That was like her take on it of like the 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 crazy lengths that people would go to like bully people because I'm really hoping that this new generation takes mental health and kindness to heart and just like bullying and peer pressure could just be eradicated because everyone finally realizes that's not cool we should be doing that this causes trauma yeah. and like we should not be causing trauma to people at this and age. just like harm like why are you actively trying to harm people yeah exactly it's a it's a whole thing um and I'm just, I'm curious where I say this, because I know we had different high school experiences, but did you ever feel like you were pressured into doing anything? I mean, I really stood my ground. Like, I was invited to the parties, but I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, like, doing drugs, you know? And I, like, went to, like, a really small school anyway, and I, like, I don't know. I think I was just, like, I was so anxious. I just never wanted to disappoint, like, the adults in my life, whether that be, like, my family or, like, my teachers or anybody. And also, like, my friend group. We were just having fun doing our thing so it was like didn't even really cross our minds to be like should we do this stuff because like we were just so like happy just together yeah that i don't know like so i don't really think i ever felt pressured and also like i think i had a pretty like healthy experience where like i my friends who were doing those things weren't necessarily pressuring me i did have one friend who would like drive by my house like every friday and be like let's go to a party and i'd be like i'm I'm locking the doors. You are not being let in. I'm not going with you because I I just knew that it was going to end up bad if yeah. I was to go with her. But like no one was really pressuring me to do things, which I am really happy about because I know that happens to a lot of people. What about yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like everything. So I wasn't going to the parties when I was in high school, but I was just made fun of a lot for just looking different. Like my lips have always been this size since birth. And that's hard when you're like, <laughs> sort of this and they're beautiful. Like, <laughs> Thank you. But you have to like grow into them. So I got teased a lot for that. I think I've told this story before, but like my best friend in middle school, Tyler, I went to his birthday party every single year. And freshman year, I had to go to church camp the same weekend that he had his birthday party. And everyone in school went because he was like on the football team and he started to become popular. And I heard that like at the party, there were like eight guys on the football team and they all put pillows on their back and walked around and said that they were. And I came back to school on Monday and like everyone, it was literally like a movie moment where like everyone at school was like pointing at me and like snickering and like laughing and things like that. And I was finally like, what the hell happened? And then th this girl who just had such a big mouth in high school and like just talked so much crap, she told me like what happened. It was just so embarrassing. Oh, and my I, like, God. I like never talked to him again after that. He was my best friend for like three years. <laughs> No, and that's like, horrible and that's traumatizing. And it's just so unnecessary and so uncalled for. Like, why? There's such a difference between, like, I don't know, like, talking shit with your friends about people who are annoying at school versus, like, truly just being cruel for no reason. Like, that is so unnecessary and just so vile. Ugh, God. And I, I know bullying was happening at my school, too. Like, there was a whole Facebook group for, like, one girl to, like, just, like, hate on every post she made oh, no. Um, from a different grade. But I definitely remember that she got like a lot of scrutiny mm -hmm. for like random things too but like no one knew who was like really doing it and i went to such like kind of like a hippy dippy school that they were just like let's talk it out like yeah. no one was like 
<laughs> they were just like, we're all, we're family, guys. You're like, okay, settle down. <laughs> your friend group sounds like, just because we did this episode already on Love, Simon, it feels like your friend group was very much had that same dynamic that they do in Love, Simon. Like always together? Always together. Everyone's just happy to be together. Everyone's just like content. I don't know. I mean, there were like definitely times where people were like breaking down, but it was mainly when like we were, it was just like hormone time. <laughs> and people were like, oh my God, <laughs> like leave me alone. <laughs> but like overall, we were like attached to the hip. I was like probably at their houses every weekend. Yeah. And like just sleepovers all the time. And, like, we were just, we called ourselves the nerd herd, you know? Like, we were just, like, silly and, like, fun. <laughs> I hope everyone has friends like that. In I know, I hope so. Tell me what your favorite quote is from this movie. I have two. But, I mean, I love all the quotes in this movie, but obviously, like... Tell me about it, stud. Can you name a better, like, iconic line? I was doing that in preschool, reciting that all the time. Oh, I love it. Are you serious? In that voice? <laughs> yes. With that yes. Yeah, I do that all the time. I was like, she's the coolest. She has all the power. I want to be her. Yeah, absolutely. And my other one is Frenchie's quote where she's comforting Sandy. She's like, men are rats. Listen to me. They're, they're fleas on rats. Worse than that. There are amoebas on fleas on rats. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's true. Yeah, <laughs> I really like her. I really like her beauty school oh dropout song. Like that's oh my gosh, so good. One of my favorites. I this line is not funny, but the way that Marty says it is always so funny. Every time we're at the sleepover scene where Sandy's at Rizzo's house and Frenchie's trying to pierce her ears, Frenchie's like, "Can we? Can we have? Can we have water or towel?" And then Marty just goes, "Why don't you just let the cold water run and stick her ear under the faucet?" Like I don't know the way that she says it is yes. so funny. <laughs> Marty is so underrated. She's my favorite pink lady. I think all of her outfits are perfect. And then when she's at the dance and she's talking to Vince Fontaine and she's just like, "My name's Marty Maraschino," like the cherry. And you're like, "Yes, yes, iconic." Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Before we go on, what's your favorite song? I need to know. Oh, okay, okay. My favorite song is Sandra D. Like, I love the oh, Look at me, I'm Sandra D. I just, every time Rizzo goes into it, I am up and dancing and just, like, doing, like, the Elvis, Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> I love that whole part. Uh, what is, you, you've said some songs that you like, but what is your all-time favorite song? So it changes. I think when I was younger, I loved Summer Lovin'. And now I think just like hopelessly devoted to is so heart wrenchingly beautiful. And I listen to it, I belt it in the car often. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's the one that like sticks with you. But also, like, yeah, I think I would have to say that one. But I yeah. could go on and on about the whole soundtrack, really. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one, which leads to my next question. If this movie uh, popped up on your Tinder feed, are you swiping left or are you swiping right? I'm swiping right forever. This is one of my favorite movies of all time and truly just like an iconic film. It had a major impact on so many generations. Like, look at us. Like, we were born like 20 years after this came out and we're still raving about it. And it just, that's what makes it so special. And this movie is so nostalgic for people. And like, we grew up watching it. So it's nostalgic for us, like watching it when we were young. But it's also nostalgic for the time that it came out when it was in the 70s portraying this like very fantastical, romanticized version of the 50s. So it just holds this nostalgia in it that's carried through the whole movie. And I just think that's so... 
incredible that it can capture that. And I don't know, just that it has such a wide audience for decades. And it's such a fun movie with obvious flaws that we discussed. And Danny Zuko was like my crush forever. Like I cannot explain just the impact he made on me. Truly. The first crush ever. Impact. <laughs> Impact. Absolutely. <laughs> you are totally right. I am swiping all the way right on this movie. This movie is always a good time. The songs are so lively and fun and the dancing is spot on. And this is just like a family favorite. I feel like there are so many songs on the soundtrack here where you could start singing it at a party and everyone will join in. Everyone just yeah. knows it. Like everyone. It's so fun. It's like this movie has been such a connector like through generations of connecting people and bringing people together and, and bringing smiles on people's faces. So I'm very, very grateful for this movie. It is yeah. a good time. <laughs> oh, so special. So good. Guys, we're going to move over to couples therapy. We like to give dating advice for the couples on how they can improve their relationship. And I know you have a lot of reasons. I'll let you go first. You, you go first. This time. <laughs> My main thing is obviously just like don't change your whole personality for a guy. Or for anyone just to win their attention or affection, especially someone who has consistently disappointed you <laughs> for like months. <laughs> um, and so I think that's just like the the one I want to emphasize the most. And with Danny, he's so interesting because he knows his friends are like such losers, but he also like desperately wants their appro- approval and praise, which is why like he doesn't want to risk it with Sandy for so long. And I just think like get over it. Like, I don't know, your friends are annoying anyway. And like, you know that they're dumb. <laughs> like, I, I 100% agree with you. Like also too, don't give in to peer pressure to thin with friends and don't yeah. ever let a man disrespect you because that will set a precedent. Mercedes, I need to tell you this story because I, even just thinking about it now, I'm heated. And I cannot par- properly place my my anger, but this is what happened. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to set precedence in relationships. And what that means is I, I came across this article in the New York Times that I just have to talk about because, like I said, I'm I'm so angry. This woman, she is 34 years old. She has her master's. She has, like, a good life. She's on hinge, and she meets this 44-year-old man. And they, like, talk for a little bit and then decide to to set up a date. He cancels on her twice. On the third attempt, they finally meet up and he takes her to Popeye's on their first date. Mm. And I guess they had, like, a good conversation because she was like, oh, we're you know we're going to get married, right? And he just, like, couldn't see it at the time. He ends up, like, six months later, like, she, she sets this precedent. She's like, listen, if we're going to do this, this is how the timeline is going to be. She sets a precedent. He moves in with her. Six months later, because she has her own place, she has her own job. And then his friend buys an engagement ring. Like, he didn't even buy an engagement ring for her, proposes, and they get married. And the caption on this freaking photo that the man posted from their wedding day, like, when normal people get married, they're like, I can't believe I married my best friend. This is the best day of my life. I love you so much. You're beautiful. I can't wait to do life with you. Like, things like that. This man, his caption was, Met on Hinge and the rest was history. Never had any pressure to take her on fancy dates or treat her nicely. Like, just good old, like, alignment on goals and values. And the internet has been blowing up. Wait, is this the caption that was just like, you're not the prettiest or the smartest? But no, I know oh, what you're my talking God. about, though. That was another one that I was like, these men are bogus. <laughs> the internet is going wild because everyone is like, first of all, if a man cancels on you twice, you're not getting a you're not getting a third chance. And it's also yeah. the fact that, like, this is evident of, like, a low effort man getting married finally. And the reason I'm talking about this is because 
like I said, I love at the end that Sandy's like, yeah, she changed, but she's like, listen, this is what I need. You need to set precedence in relationships to avoid low effort men. Like this man is 44 years old, not buying engagement rings, not putting in any effort and still end up married. Like, honestly, I feel bad for the woman because I understand what it feels like to be 34. Like she has her master's. He has his associates, which like there's a whole there's a whole dynamic there, too, of just feeling like, gosh, I just want to be married. I just want to meet my person. And as you get older, your standards start lowering a lot. Like I've been mm -hmm. feeling that a lot lately where I was like, no, I need this. I need this. But as you get older, you start to see everyone else married and that's something that you desire. You start to lower your standards. So you're like, oh, he tasted Popeye's, whatever. That's that's fine. Oh, he didn't buy my engagement. Oh, that's fine. Oh, he doesn't actually like really freaking love me. That's fine. Whatever. We're married. Like we're aligned on our goals. That's all I need. Like you start accepting the bare minimum. And it's so funny because they have this whole like Instagram page of them and they had to turn off comments. They had to turn off everything because everyone oh was coming for him. Rightfully so, I feel like. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes me so sad for her just because I don't know, like I never want to be in the position to just like get married for the sake of saying that I'm married, you know? There's like a viral video of Tracy Ellis Ross going around right now of her being like, I don't need a man in my life unless he's really actively going to elevate it. And she's like, and I haven't found that. So I'm just going to collect lovers as I go right now. And, and if I don't find that, then I don't find that because my life is like amazing as is. So why am I going to allow someone into my life to disrupt that? Yeah, I want them to elevate it and expand it, which Absolutely. I totally agree with. Like, I, I think as you get older, you're so much more self-aware. And obviously, like, there's this whole, like, societal pressure of, like, the clock and then, like, the body clock, too. So, like, so many pressures from, like, the outside putting on to you. But, I mean, I think, like, the more we just, like, grow and become, like, more self-aware and just, like, aware of just and just, like, learn more. I don't know. I think your standards should like get even more specific. I know? agree. And I think, too, in this situation, like friends really don't help Mercedes because I don't know if you have friends telling you this. I often have friends telling me like, oh, you're, you're too picky. Just give him a chance. Oh, you, you want too much. Like, just just do this. And I feel like that's how people get into situations like this where they all of a sudden end up because the reason I feel like I'm so passionate about this is because the only guy I've ever dated was a bare minimum man. Couldn't mm. even, like, sit up in his bed to talk to me. Like, he was always laying down. Like, he could not be bothered to make any sort of effort whatsoever. And I think a part of it is because I had so many people in my friends' ears being like, oh, just give him a chance. Oh, just, like, again, people trying to tell me about myself. And yeah. I think that's wildly inappropriate just because I have not been in a relationship or I have very little experience in relationships does not mean that you know what I need better than me. It does not mean that what worked for you will work for me. And I just need to get that out because... It is so harmful to be telling people like, oh, just just give them a chance, especially if they know if it's for external reasons, like maybe they're scared or whatever. But if they just know this person is not going to work out for me, you are essentially pushing them into potentially a traumatic experience. Yeah, no, I don't have any of those friends in my life, but I've totally I totally know the type you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and those people are so annoying. You're just like, how about you give them a chance? Yeah. <laughs> this is not, I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Sandy and Danny, what do you feel like their love languages are? We're going to we're gonna go back to the episode now. Just I, think, get on set <laughs> I think this is like an act of service type of love. In this case, it's not like the best since like they're both like changing their personalities. And I don't know if that's always for the better. But I think overall, like they're really trying to do what the other like desires and on some level his is not as, as extreme even though like I do love seeing him like go through all the sports and being like consistently bad at all of them I think it's like very charming 
Yeah, and I also think, like, since this is a musical, it's also words of affirmation. And since the first scene, he really, like, verbally assures her throughout their whole love story. Whenever she needs that type of comfort, it's always, like, his words. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't go into specifics with both of them because I just think it is a pretty big acts of service movie. Yeah. I feel like Sandy's is actually quality time. Like, I love when they're just, you know, like, they'll sit together in his car and watch a movie or they'll go to, like, that Shake Shack and just hang out. And I feel like they even fell in love by just hanging out and spending time together at the beach. Yeah. So I feel like Sandy very much values quality time because she doesn't need all of the stuff that, like, Danny is kind of pressuring her into. But I definitely feel like Danny's is physical touch, like, which is mostly <laughs> attributed to him being a teenage boy. But I definitely feel like it's physical touch. <laughs> yeah, I totally see that. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. OK, so do we feel like this couple lasts five years? What do you think? Okay, like logically, probably not. But they did fly into the sky together and they were singing that they will always be together. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay, okay. I feel, that. I feel like, okay, I would say no, but it's nice that a summer love turned into a senior year fling. That doesn't really happen. But I feel like they even address this in the last song when they're all worried about if they're going to see each other again. Yeah. So I feel like they are kind of aware like, oh, maybe this is this is it. And hopefully they're they're okay with that. You know, maybe Sadie will go back to college in Australia or something. We'll see. Uh, I think they're together forever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. They're together forever. <laughs> all right, guys. It's time for Heartthrob or Season Life to dish about who we had a crush on in the movie. Yeah. And can I just say, I am sorry if this is inappropriate. I don't know how better way to word this. Kaniki is my wet dream. He just, oh my God. I love him in Grease Lightning. Like, he's just so cool in that song. Like, when he lights a cigarette with a freaking Oh my torch. gosh, with the giant, yeah, yeah that flame. The, he, like, combs his hair back with, like, two combs. Like, yeah. he, he's just so, he's so suave. And I just, I love watching him. And he's also a great dancer, too. Yeah, he is beautiful. I mean, a hickey from Kaniki's like a Hallmark card. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, he's so, he's so fun. Who is your hard rock? My heart thrive is obviously Danny Zuko. Obviously. She's truly, like, the original love of my life. And, like, if that's wrong, then I don't want to be right. He has a lot of flaws, and I love him through and through. <laughs> I respect it. Danny is very hot, but he stands nothing on Kaniki. Like, I think he's my boy. All right, guys, it's time for Mary Smooch Ghost. We have Danny, Kaniki, and Vince Fontaine. Mercedes, who are you marrying, who are you smooching, and who are you ghosting? Obviously, I married Danny. And then I want a hickey from Kaniki, so I'll smooch him. <laughs> and Vince Fontaine is a predator. He lurks on Marty. And then she says at the drive-in that he tried to put aspirin in her drink at the dance. So what? he is literally a predator. And no. Oh <laughs> so God. he's gone. I missed that part. And I've seen this movie for a time. She says it, she says it quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm marrying Kaniki. I just feel like I need, <laughs> I need that kind of attention in my life. Like I just I need that. Um, I'm going to smooch Danny. How could I not? He has, just has such a perfect face. And then, yeah, definitely ghosting Vince Montanix. Like, but even still, before I found out that he tried to put aspirin in her drink, like, yeah, I'm still ghosted him. We're gonna, we're gonna ghost him. We're gonna leave. Him. Even his line where he's just like, "Do your parents know I sneak into your bedroom every night and watch oh. you?" I'm like, is that like <laughs> hot to somebody? Like, oh my god, I would have run away. So maybe it's supposed to be comedy. <laughs> Guys, before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. And as we expressed in the beginning of this episode, Olivia Newton-John passed away on Monday. And it's just so surreal. She was just such an icon that lived such an amazing life. And I hope 
that she was happy towards the end and really understood the impact that she made on us. Yeah, through so many elements of pop culture, if you think about her music, if you think about just like the impact of this film. And honestly, even like I was such a gleek in high school and like seeing her guest star on Glee too. Like she answered the phone one she and she's just like, this is Olivia Newton-John. I played Sandy in the most iconic movie ever. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep, yes, you did. Yeah. And she's, she's just so great. And yeah, this is special. Also, I want to say Justice to the sequel, Grease 2. I love it. It's good, despite what other people say. It is a fun. It is. It's camp. Isn't it? It's the one with Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Yes. The songs are so absurd. It's absurd. Like, if you think this one is over the top, that one, you're like, okay. (laughs) But Uh, maybe that's why it bobbed at the box office. Because the thing is, there were actually, because of the success of the first one, there were, you know, talks to do a second, a third one, but after the second one bomb, the third one, like, never came to fruition. So it's not good in the way that you want it to be good. But if you take it for what it is, it's brilliant. Uh. I will give it a watch. And I don't know if you saw, but Paramount Plus has a new show in the works called Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. And they started filming in January of this year. So I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. I love that. I know. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Kendra, who's your favorite pink lady? I need to know. My favorite pink lady is Rizzo. I I absolutely love her. I think she's funny. I think she's so cool. I just I, I love that she's rocking the short hair. And she just like is sure of herself. And I'm just I'm envious of the attitude that she carried in high school because I wish I had more of that energy. So, yeah, she's I, so I definitely cool. love it. Um, who is your favorite pink lady, Mercedes? Marty. Marty yeah. is so amazing. I love how she like sprays perfume on all her letters. I always think about doing that anytime I write a letter because yes. of her. And her outfits are just the best. I love her green dress at the dance. And I just think she's just like so effortlessly cool. She is. And she's very beautiful. Love. Yeah. <laughs> but audiences, we want to hear from you guys. Who is your favorite pink lady? What do you think about Grease? What is your favorite song? How did Olivia Newton-John's career impact you? You can let us know your thoughts. Slide to our DMs at MeetCute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me on Instagram, IG, and Twitter. Oh, no. IG, TikTok, and Twitter at MercedesGV11. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.